Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserves. It may be wet outside, it may be raining outside, but you and I have reason to give God praise on the inside. Amen. 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 We're preparing to worship our God this morning. And for those that are watching us, uh, if you are watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or uh, engage in our live chat room on our church website or listening to us on the telephone, Welcome to St. Paul Online, our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So we would love for you to do the following. If you're watching us on Facebook or uh, share with your personal timeline and tag people you want to invite in this post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would love to have over 3,000 subscribers by the summer. And so subscribe to our YouTube channel and text the link of this worship service to your network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window and share this experience with others. We also would like for you to, if you're watching us online, uh, put in the chat where you're checking us out from as far as city and state is concerned. We'll give you a shout out. Amen. And if you want to take a selfie and post that, you can post it with the hashtag St. Paul Online or St. Paul Baptist NC. Also, if you are a first-time visitor online uh, or first-time checking us out, if you would let us know that you are a first-time uh, uh, participant, and we would love to share with you in the worship experience. And also, share with us your prayer concerns, and we will uh, bless you as far as lifting those up as far as this morning's worship. Uh, Reverend Brenda Richardson is going to come. She's going to lead us in our worship today. And so uh, those of you who are able, if you would stand as she comes to give us the call to worship. Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. You know what I think? That the fact that you are here and you made and you pressed your way. I know you didn't just press your way for nothing. Amen. You came here to praise a mighty, mighty God. Come on now. Let's shout to the Lord our God. For he is great. He is the creator of the whole entire earth. So we should sing to the glory of God. We should praise to the glory of God. Because I'm grateful. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful to be here. I'm happy to be here. As I get older, I understand what the folks said with he woke me up early this morning with a reasonable, a reasonable portion of my health and my strength. I still got my right mind, the one I had when I went to sleep at least. But when I woke up, I have that same mind, and I have a mindset on the Lord this morning. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's praise our mighty, mighty God, because he has done mighty, mighty works, and he will continue What's so good about God is he'll continue to do the same for us today, tomorrow, and every day coming forth. So we want to just praise the Lord and everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I don't want a rock crying out for me. Amen. I don't need a rock to cry out for me because I want to praise the Lord myself this morning as you do. So as we continue, let us join the choir as they sing. A blessed hymn of the church. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. 
reading 12 through 23. Matthew 4, 12 through 23. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee and the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee and their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. God's word for God's people. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. It is hallowed. It is set aside for your glory. We honor and glorify your holy and righteous name. God, we thank you for being the God of all things. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you woke us up this morning. God, we thank you for you gave us, bringing us here to this place to worship you. And God, now that we're here, we're going to worship you in spirit and in truth. Holy Spirit, have your way. Saturate every pew, every person. God, open our ears that we may hear what you have to say to us from the preacher. Open our eyes that we may see from glory. God, even our lips, let us praise be ever mindful in our lips. God, we thank you for this day. It is hallowed. It is set aside. And God, let us have an immediate praise for an immediate God. Because we want to follow Jesus just like as listed in this, in this scripture. God, we don't want to wait we don't want to hesitate. We want to follow you immediately. And we now give you an immediate burst of praise. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. An immediate praise. An immediate praise. An immediate praise for an immediate God who does not hesitate to bless us all the more. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord and you may let our worshipers enter.
Disciples of St. Paul and to all of those who are joining us online, I want to give you a major shout out, a major wave. Thank you so much 
for joining us online as well as in the house. Uh, as we go through worship, there are just a couple of things I want to share with you that as we engage in worship, we're still dealing with COVID. Amen. And so we need for you to uh, keep your mask over your nose uh, while we are in the building so that we can at least prevent the spread of COVID and other viral diseases like the flu and even the cold, at least here at St. Paul. Amen. So if you will work with us, um, we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Today, uh, we were going to do a litany for our children, but I don't see too many children here. So this is what we're going to do. On next Sunday, bring your kids uh, to church, um, and we're going to do a litany for our children and youth. And then on the first Sunday, the first Sunday of February, we will do a litany for all disciples of St. Paul, for all disciples of St. Paul. So we'll do a litany for our children and youth on next Sunday. We will do the uh, litany for disciples of St. Paul on uh, the first Sunday. And speaking of first Sunday, of course, that's going to be Black History Month. And um, we have several themes each week that we would love to uh, have you participate in. First Sunday is Sunday best. So wear your Sunday best um, to church like we used to do back in the day. Back in the day, we used to dress up to go to church. Now we dress down to go to church. Uh, and uh, uh, so we're going to do Sunday best. We're going to dress up in our finest, come to church. Second Sunday is going to be HBCU Sunday. So wear your favorite uh, paraphernalia from your favorite HBCU. Uh, on third Sunday is going to be Black Community Organization and the Divine Nine Sunday. So all of our organizations that give uplift to our community represent as well. And then finally, we call it here at St. Paul Wakanda Sunday, and we're asking that you will come in your African attire um, uh, as far as that Sunday is concerned. And we're going to have a special guest preacher in the person of my good friend and brother, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Blunt from First Baptist Church, Suffolk, um, uh, Virginia. CEO class is going to start for all of our new disciples on uh, February the 4th, the first Saturday uh, at 9.30. And so we'd like for you to register so we can start that service, I mean, start those classes on time. Also that weekend, uh, we're going to have a retreat uh, that is being pulled together by our marriage ministry here at St. Paul with the theme, The Closer I Get to You. Tickets are $75 because there's a lot going on in that weekend. So uh, Friday, February the 3rd through Sunday, February the 5th, uh, intentionally connecting with our spouse and being lifted and inspired by other married and engaged couples. Friday night will be a virtual concert, virtual concert featuring Lauren Clay, LC Funny. On Saturday, you'll have the opportunity to meet other couples at St. Paul for breakfast and a half day of dynamic sessions. Uh, the guest facilitators will be Judge Shante Burke and Jeffrey Hayer and the marriage gurus, Dr. Amy Steele and Pastor Michael Steele. Uh, breakfast will be served at 8. The workshops will start thereafter, and that will also be in person. And then uh, that night, we're going to have a sneaker ball um, at 6.30. And so wear your finest attire um, and some sneakers for an elegant evening of music and dining. We, do, we want this weekend to be very special for our 
uh, married and engaged couples. We don't want you to miss it and space is limited. Um, the tickets are $75 per couple, $75 per couple, and that covers everything, breakfast as well as the ball. Uh, so join us as far as that is concerned. And then Kaya is going to return in February um, as far as uh, February 22nd is concerned. Now, I'm going to put this out there, um, and I'm putting it out there, um, and I'm trying to be very gingerly about how I put this out there, but I'm getting ready to put this out there, and I hope I don't have no kickback, but I'm going to put this out there. I put it out there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if y'all are going to have me after what I'm getting ready to say. Um, uh, but but here's, here's the thing. Next year, now we don't have an active singles ministry here at the church. Um, I told you I'm going to get in trouble. We don't have an active singles ministry here at the church. And while I, I, I love married couples and I, I, I love that idea, everybody ain't married. And everybody ain't going to get married. And some folks have been married, and their vow is never again. All right? And so, and so <laughs> I told y'all I'm, I'm out there. So, so, so I don't know when, but I want to do something for those persons who aren't Mary, I, I see you. I see you. I want to do something for those persons that aren't married, but they want to have a good time, too, with the Lord's folks. Amen? Amen. So I'm putting it out there because guess what? I know somebody going to come with something that they think we should be doing, and, and we'll look over it, and, and we'll see. But I, I want us to do something for those that are that, that aren't married, uh, that aren't engaged, uh, but yet, you know, you want to have a good time. You may have a s special or significant somebody you may want to bring to something, and we have something for you all, <coughs> too. Because I've done enough funerals to realize that there are some couples that are older. And see, once you cross a certain age, it ain't boyfriend, girlfriend anymore. It's that special someone my special friend and they're listed in the obituary <laughs> yeah man all right but 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 I, I i i see you and and we want we want to do something because i think there's a place for all of god's people to have a good time with god folks in the house of the lord that can be sponsored by the church so uh, y'all pull, y'all think about that. And maybe we could do something this year after Valentine's Day, and then maybe next year kind of, you know, work it out. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, um, uh, y'all have to excuse me. I, I, I'm, I'm going to confess, I'm tired. I've been up since uh, about, probably about 4 o'clock your time. Um, no, 
probably about three o'clock your time. Yeah, three or four, y'all are an hour ahead of me. No, about, about five o'clock your time. Um, coming back from St. Louis, uh, I took a five-something flight out from St. Louis so I could be here today. Um, and so I'm just a little out of it. So y'all pray my strength in the Lord. But as we, as we go forward, there are several prayer concerns I want to bring before you. And um, we want to lift up um, Sister Betty Oates. She'll be funeralizing her son this Friday, January 27th, um, in Stafford, Virginia. Uh, those services will be at Thompson Funeral Home. Uh, and um, um, the visitation will be held at Mullins in Thompson Funeral Home in Stafford, Virginia, from 11 to 1. The service will be held at the Marine Corps Quantico Chapel in Quantico, Virginia at 2. Also, um, Sister Ruth Lockhart, Lockett rather, has died. And we want to flank uh, that family with our prayers, mother of Sister uh, Latanya Peoples and uh, Patricia Knott, and of course her, I mean not Patricia Knott, but her uh, siblings are disciples, Patricia Knox, Lawrence Teasley, and Larry Teasley, and those services are pending, so we want to cover them with our prayers, amen. We also want to lift up the family of Regina Anderson, the sister of Gail Boyd. Uh, those services were yesterday at the Mount Hall Presbyterian Church, the family of uh, Carlene Frazier, the aunt of disciple Lynette Parker. Those services were at the Second Thankful Missionary Baptist Church in Pineland, South Carolina, and then the family of Sister Marilyn Frazier Blakeney, stepsister of Deacon Ronald Dean. Those services were here uh, at St. Paul this Friday. So we want to flank uh, those families with our prayers. Um, and we also, of course, want to continue to lift up Sister Lisa Duncan, Rose Logan, uh, Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, uh, Lady Thomasina Drummond. We want to continue to lift them up in our prayers. And of course, we have a whole lot of names that are on our sick and shut in. And so um, keep those persons uh, lifted up in prayer as those names are scrolling. I'm going to ask that Reverend Richardson would come and take us to the throne of grace uh, as we sense and seek what the Lord will do uh, with these prayer concerns we bring before our God. Let us pray. Most holy and wise God, we worship you now. We lift your name up on high. God, we thank you for everything. You are an awesome God. So now, Lord, as we prepare to pray for those that are in need, God, we don't want to ever forget that we want you to forgive us of our sin of omission or commission, anything that will keep us from being like you would have us to be. God, anything that would keep us from being better than we can be tomorrow, God. So bless us now, God, and forgive us for all sins that we have done. God, we now we pull our hearts out and we just make sure you know, God, that we are praying for those that are in need. God, I pray right now that you would go into the hospital rooms. God, I pray that you would take care of every situation. This is a corporate prayer, but you are an individual God. So God, I pray right now that you go into every room 
You know what they need better than I know how to ask for it, God. I pray right now that you would dull the pain, God. I pray right now that you would remove the pain. God, I pray right now that you would bless as only you can. God, I pray that you would go into the, the, the hospital rooms and to make sure that everyone that touches them, touches them with the finger of love, God. I pray that every doctor is precise. I pray that every CNA is, is there because she wants to be or he wants to be and that he is blessing and touching our, our disciples, God, with the finger of love. God, we pray that you would just bless them in a mighty, mighty way. God, they need your help to get up to rise, God. So right now we're praying that you would just bless them in Jesus' name. Your word says that you can do it, God. So we're just only counting on you to do what your word has already promised. God, you said that we are the apple of your eyes. So God, we pray right now that you would go into the rest homes, go into the homes, God. I pray that you would bless all of those that are on their sick bed. And I pray right now, God, that those that are around them, give them the strength to do what they need to do to take care of their persons, their family members, God, and take care of the caregiver, God. Bless the caregiver with more strength, more grace, and more blessings, God. We thank you for them. We pray that you would just strengthen them, God, and for those that have lost loved ones. God, we pray mightily for these families, God. We pray mightily for the Lockett family that's lost their mother, God. We pray that you would just bless them over and abundant. God, we pray that you would bless a mother that is burying her son. God, we pray that you would just bless her in a mighty, mighty way. God, we love you. And we know that our prayers do not go unheard. So we know that everything that we're saying, you can do it. Your word says you can do it. So now God, bless. Bless this as only you can. Bless them, God, in their every situation. God, take them from today to tomorrow, God. Walk with them as only you can. God, we love you. We honor and we glorify your holy and righteous name because you are a holy and righteous God. So God, keep them in the finger, the hand of your palm of your hand, God. It is in your name I do pray. Can you join me in an amen? Amen. 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 Come on, let's give the Lord praise if we believe our prayers are being answered. Hallelujah. 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 As we move forward, as far as uh, our worship experience is concerned, it's time to give. It's time to give. Amen. And as we prepare to give, there are several ways you can give here, as far as St. Paul Church is concerned. The first one is by um, mailing your tithes and offerings, as far as check or cash is concerned, check or money order is concerned, to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28. 205, or you can drop off check, cash, or money order here at church, uh, but call the church first to make sure someone is here to receive your offering at 704-334-5309. The second way you can give is through the app called Givelify, uh, and if you don't have that smart app on your smart device, download that app, connect to your favorite credit card, and three clicks you can give. You can also give through our church website through ACS or Church Life. And then if you have a physical offering here in the church, uh, there's a basket on the outer aisles. And at the appropriate time, we'll ask those that are on the end, closest to the outer aisles, if you would pick that basket up, pass it to the inner aisle. And if you have a physical offering, place that offering in your basket. 
Uh, if you have an offering, um, or if you have already given, if you would, place your offering in your right hand, either digitally or uh, physically. And if you've already given, just raise your right hand, amen, and we're going to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now, and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you in the act of giving. And we come and we give, not grudgingly, nor out of necessity, but cheerfully. Why? Because you, oh God, love the cheerful giver. God, we're sowing in the great ground, and we pray that you would take this offering, bless it in a Godful way, so that your work, your witness, your word, and your worth will go forth through this place, and you will get the glory, honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Amen. Those that are closer to the outer aisles, if you will look down, pick the basket up underneath your seat, pass it to the inner aisle. Our account team will receive it. And we thank God for your generosity. And we pray the Lord will bless you in accordance to your giving.
God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. I'm made in this world by the grace of God. It was God's grace. God's grace. It was God's grace. God's grace. It was God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. I made it this far. I made it this far by the grace of God. Remember the time when I strayed away. Even though I knew the word, still I wouldn't obey. But God's mercy, faith stayed with me. He brought me, he brought me all the way. It was God's grace, God's grace. It was God's grace, God's grace. It was God's grace, God's grace. It was God's grace. than that when we think about the grace of God, God's unmerited favor toward all of us, uh, God constantly and consistently giving us something that we don't deserve. Thank you to the brothers. Let's celebrate the brothers and give God praise for their gift. I want to continue. I kind of found myself um, uh, dealing with uh, trying to give encouragement as we go into this new year. Um, and uh, I want to call your attention to Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verses 1 through 4. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. While I'm at it, um, I want to give um, a major shout out to um, our uh, former youth and children minister, uh, Peyton, and his wife, Taylor C. They've had a healthy, bouncing baby boy named Jackson Lane. So we want to uh, thank God that uh, 
mother and child are doing quite well. And of course, uh, Reverend C is making the adjustments to engaging in late night feedings and changing up diapers. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 through 4, reads like this from the King James Version. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed, as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death Upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. I want to preach for the time that is mine, positive change for the new year. Positive change for the new year. Ushers, you may let those that are waiting in. Positive change for the new year. I would dare say that we are living in some interesting times, especially when it comes to the freedom, salvation, and opportunity for black people and others who are oppressed in this world. For those of us who have melanin in our skin, to others who are overlooked because of gender, socioeconomic status, and even their sexual orientation, we find ourselves having to justify our humanity. It seems like at every turn we have to fight, protest, march, and even prove who we are so we can be participants in a society that would prefer to see us disappear. There exists a movement, there exists a group of people who would love for this country to go back. Go back to a time when white men controlled every aspect of society and culture where black men and women were relegated as not second class, but no class citizens, and where the potential and possibility of educational, economic, social, and political ascendancy were not available to folks that looked like they had been kissed by the African sun. Even though we've made a lot of progress and change, we still have to admit that we have a long way to go there are some folks who would love to turn back the hands of time and go not back to 1950, not even back to 1850, but if they had their way, they'll go all the way back to 1650. In the state of Florida, as well as some other states that are predominantly found in the Deep South, there is a movement to abolish the teaching about the horrific past of this country. When it comes to the mistreatment of the indigenous people that 
we call Native Americans and the enslavement of the Africans. In fact, there are those who would love to reframe the Civil War as the Lost Cause War. They call slavery, not slavery, but they try to whitewash it and call it involuntary servitude. They don't want to deal with the impact that slavery and robbing us of 246 years of wages and land has had impact upon black and brown people in 2023. As a matter of fact, the slavery of the United States was known as the most horrific form of slavery in all of human history. And can we dare say, and I'm teaching you some history, that when Hitler decided to do what he did to the Jews, he sent emissaries to America to learn how they treated black folks and then transferred that and did that to our Jewish brothers and sisters. Some people are offended by the teachings of these truths because I'm here to let you know the United States is not founded on Judeo-Christian principles, but rather a racial superiority construct masking itself as a counterfeit Christianity where Jesus is portrayed as being white and where the notion of being black is a sin. So even in 2023, we are dealing with theological and social malfeasance that impacts our country and relationships, whereby negative stereotypes are placed upon black people in the negative sense. Still in 2023, the more things change, the more they remain the same. Pastor, why are you on this tangent today? You were doing good the first few weeks, talking about praise for the new year and worship for the year. You, you were doing good. Why do you want to talk about this now? Very easily. Beloved, we just celebrated the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's 94th birthday. I was impacted by one of his dear friends, the Reverend Dr. Wyatt II Walker, who was my doctoral and pastoral mentor. And I was able to get stuff by King that none of y'all would ever have exposure to. Um, we're on the cusp of getting ready to celebrate Black History Month. Our elders, I contend, need to be reminded, and our children, like my daughter Cheris, needs to be informed about how the struggle of freedom, salvation, transformation, and equality are not over, especially in these here United States of America. I was reading an article last week by Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw in the Los Angeles Times, an op-ed she did, where she said, and I quote, teachers, public officials, and students are in a particularly unsustainable bind. She was writing about reflections on Martin Luther King's birthday. She said, and I quote, they are charged with honoring King as a figure while disavowing the ideas that he lived and died to advance. They're being asked not to merely defer King's dream of racial equality, but to decommission it altogether. End of quote. This is why some people love the quote, King's dream, I mean speech, I have a dream, and they take that speech out of context 
especially that land. They'd love to say this land where he can have a country that will not judge his four children by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Certain folks love to quote that line, but they don't want to talk about how he was calling America America to uh, cash in its check, its promissory note to people of black and brown descent. And when we try to cash it, uh, it came back as insufficient funds. They, they want to say that, that, that Dr. King was colorblind and that he was pushing for a colorblind society. But that's far from the truth. Dr. King was not colorblind. He was a black Baptist preacher and proud to be a black Baptist preacher. Y'all somebody else that ain't colorblind? God. So I, I just want to say it's, you know, our children are going to public and private schools. They're not going to teach the truth. Uh, this is why it's important for the elders to share about your struggle for freedom and equality in this country. That, that's why if you come to St. Paul, you tune into one of our services, uh, you're going to get some stuff like this. Uh, that's why the King holiday and Black History Month are so important to us here at St. Paul. It's certain stuff you're going to get here, you ain't going to get nowhere else. Certain stuff you, you ought to be getting in your home that, that you don't get anywhere else. And, and, and it is unfortunate, it is very unfortunate, that we're living in a time that uh, the, the, the mere mentioning of black history is considered to be critical race theory. And, 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 and they will put anything under the notion of critical race theory so they don't have to deal with it. But if they ain't going to teach it in school, you ought to be teaching it at home and we're going to talk about it in the church. Anytime, anytime that we can impart to our young people the knowledge and the wisdom about the struggle to correct the misconceptions about who we are and why we have to continue to fight for freedom, even in 2023 and beyond, is because we must understand that, unfortunately, racists have become more shrewd, like a snake. Uh, uh, the KKK ain't wearing white sheets like they used to. They're in Brook Brother suits. Uh, not only are some of them in Brook Brother suits, some of them are in uh, golf polo t-shirts. Some of you all are playing golf with them and eating with them and totally unaware that they don't like you while you shucking and jiving trying to get to be in their good graces. Um, uh, as, 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 and, and I never forget, I preached a sermon like this and, and, and I got some telephone calls <clears throat> from some folks saying, you know, why are you preaching that? Just preach Jesus. I am preaching Jesus. 
because Jesus I know about was on the side of those who were oppressed. So, 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 I, I want people to understand that, that as St. Paul, we don't discriminate. We are open to all folks being a part of our congregation. As a matter of fact, the reason that the church exists in the first place is because white people didn't want black folks to worship with them. We've always been put out of their situations, uh, but we don't put folks that are different from us out of our situation because had they done that, maybe Dylan Roof would not have shot those nine folks down in Charleston, South Carolina. We, we've, we've always been open to others being in our space, even at times to our own peril. So, um, um, for those that, that are of different hue and ethnicity from, from us, uh, I'm not bashing you, I'm just telling the truth, and you're more than welcome to join in the struggle to become more like Jesus and less like the culture. Because the reason that I'm preaching this is that I understand that whenever God got ready to shift something, to make a positive change in society, God always used a human being to make it happen. And there were people across racial lines, religious affiliation, socioeconomic strata, gender lines, and even sexual orientations who banded together to create positive change in this country. We have to admit, my brothers and sisters, those that have been kissed by the ebony sun, that, that we would not have what we have had not some good white people and some good Jewish people and some others join in the struggle with us to help us to understand we can overcome if we do it all together. It was from Frederick Douglass to Harriet Tubman to Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks from Nat Turner and Sojourner Truth to Banyard Rustin and Barbara Jordan from Adam Clayton Powell and Shirley Chisholm to Maxine Waters and Jesse Jackson. God has always always use human beings as catalysts for a positive change. This is clearly seen in our holy writ. From Moses, the great liberator, to the judges like Deborah, Samson, and Samuel, God always used human beings as God's agents for positive change. However, as great as our biblical ancestors were, as incredible as our cultural ancestors are, they were creatures infected by sin. Nevertheless, the text I've shared before you, Isaiah, is issuing a prophecy, a major turning point in the history of the northern kingdom, Israel, from the negative situation of the Assyrians that were ravaging their land to the positive aspect of deliverance for those that were in the southern kingdom. At this particular time, Israel is split between the northern kingdom where the ten tribes were in the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom known as Judah and Benjamin. And at this time, at this time, Israel wanted to make an alliance with Syria to invade the southern kingdom. Now the crazy thing about this is that the northern kingdom were distant cousins, were not distant cousins, they were cousins to the southern kingdom, but they wanted to make an alliance with somebody that did not know God to attack their cousins in the south. 
come here just for a moment. It is always somebody you know that is willing to do whatever they can at times to take you out when you don't do what they want you to do. So, so the southern kingdom known as Judah was being betrayed by the northern kingdom known as Israel and this was averted because Israel had been invaded by the Assyrians. And so their cousins, their relatives, Israel, was such a problem until Judah was, hallelujah, happy that the Assyrians invaded them and put them in check. And it is within this context that Isaiah gives this word to let them know that real change is on the way. We as Christians often read Isaiah chapter 9, particularly verses 1 through 7, as a foretelling or foreshadowing of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The idea of God through Jesus entering the human predicament into the realm of time, the idea of God becoming a co-sufferer with God's creatures is rather mind-boggling. What a shout for those of us who have questions about the justice of God and issues of war, the prevalence of violence, the oppression of our society, to know that God is willing to go through the same stuff that we go through. However, when God through Jesus enters our sinful human predicament, it is to demonstrate God's divine and sovereign desire to be present with us, to walk with us, to struggle with us, to fight with us, and to redeem us from people and situations, systems and structures that attempt to make us less than human beings. However, the positive change for our reality would not be found upon technological advancements, human innovations, political machinations, medical ingenuity, or even the cultural norms. The positive change we need is going to be directly connected to the sovereign, holy, transcendent God of the universe who enters our predicament in the form of Jesus and that God through Jesus can do anything but fail. So all I'm saying to you is that if you want positive change for your reality, you need to hook up with the God of the cosmos. And what are some positive changes that take place by us being in relationship with the God of the universe? First of all, the Lord brings light to our dark situations. That's in verse two, the Lord brings light to our dark situation. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light and those who dwelled in the land of the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. We see in verse two, Israel the northern kingdom and Judah the southern kingdom had a problem and a propensity of depending upon their own resources to make it. They were accustomed to making alliances with people and nations that did not believe in the same God they believed in. They were in cahoots with countries who worshiped idol gods. They show us that when we rely solely on our knowledge, solely on our ways, solely on our tools, solely on our resources, ultimately it leads to darkness and despair. 
just as they were dealing with spiritual darkness back then because of their negative choices and pervasive wickedness, we are dealing with the same thing in 2023. And let's be honest, beloved, we are in some dark dilemmas right now and we got to face some dark days in the weeks to come. We are dealing with the darkness of a potential recession that will increase unemployment, that will increase inflation and deflate your wages. We are dealing with a national debt ceiling crisis whereby the Republicans want to use this as a moment to cut your Social Security, your Medicare, your Medicaid and other programs that help poor and disenfranchised people, predominantly people that are black and brown and those that are poor. We are dealing with the darkness of racism as black people are still being treated based upon the color of their skin. We are dealing with sexism as women find themselves being oppressed, oppressed physically and financially and socially within the culture. We find ourselves dealing with white supremacy, which promotes the false notion for white people particularly men, to be in control of everything. We are dealing with the darkness of political divisiveness, whereby compromise is a dirty word because the fringes on both the right and the left want things their way, and they're so crazy on both the far right and the far left that nothing can get done. We are dealing with the darkness of climate change, where we now have extreme weather patterns all over the world. Polar caps are melting at the North Pole and the South Pole. Sea levels are rising. We're having tornadoes in November, December, and January. That was unheard of before. We're dealing with counterfeit Christianity, which has its roots in an Americanized and Westernized ideology, promoting spirituality or prosperity theology that is rooted in economic well-being rather than a relationship with God. It was dark then. It may be dark right now, but I'm here to let you know that where there is darkness, light can shine. And here's what I want you to understand about this light I'm talking about. It is not on the light switch. I'm not talking about the sunlight. I'm not even talking about the light on your phone. This is a light that we did not produce. This is a light we ain't responsible for. However, when they and when we are groping in the darkness, uh, there is a light to which we can turn. Uh, we can find ourselves even shouting over this light. Uh, now, that may not excite some of y'all because you like playing in the dark and you like being in the dark and you like celebrating in the dark and you just want it to be dark because you don't want nobody to see yourself but I want to give God praise because when the lights come on roaches scatter when the lights come on, that which was done in the dark shall be seen in the light. And here's why I love to praise God, because the Bible says that the Lord's presence is equated with light. And there is light for God's people because of their sin and rebellion are not enough to keep God from shining the light in dark places. As a matter of fact, you and I ought to give God praise because we were exposed to the light. And the saints of old used to sing that song by the late queen of soul Aretha Franklin when she used to sing gospel in her daddy's church C.L. Franklin in Detroit, Michigan when she saw walk in the light beautiful light come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright shine all around me by day and by night Jesus 
the light of the world. Now, I thought somebody would have given God a praise because at least I would have thought somebody would have understood that song. But maybe y'all weren't exposed to that. I'm from Mississippi. We've seen that song back in the backwoods of Mount Ocella, Mississippi. Some of y'all from South Carolina. Y'all, you've seen that song in that wooden church. Some of y'all been up north. Y'all, you've seen that song too. Let me try it one more time. Walk in the light. Beautiful light. Come where the dewdrops of mercy shine bright. Shine all around me by day and by night. Jesus, not your mama. Jesus, not your daddy. Jesus, not your sister. Jesus, not your brother. Jesus, not your pastor. Jesus, not your boss. Jesus, not your boo. Jesus, not your baby. Jesus, the light of the world. I like that. I like that version. I like that version. But David gives me another version. I like this version even better. Uh, when it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came upon me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and they fell. Though an army should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing that I desire that I may seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in the temple. For in the time oh, somebody get ready to get a shout in here in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me he shall set my foot upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me therefore I will offer watch this sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle I will sing yes I'll sing what praises I said sing praises unto our Lord but the shout that gets me is I would have lost my heart I would have lost my mind I would have lost my courage unless I believed that I would have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can somebody give God a praise for what I'm getting ready to drop on you? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall what? Strengthen that heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And all of this is because the Lord is our life. The Lord is our light. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Something else about being in a relationship with this God whose name is Yahweh translated Jehovah. That that what that that Jehovah brings joy to desolate places. That that's in verse three. Jehovah brings joy to desolate places. And and, 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 and and if they ain't good enough for you, let me let me let me let me try this. Jesus brings joy to desolate places. All right. In in, in, in verse three, God reveals God's self through the Messiah. And when God does that, it produces an unspeakable joy that sweeps the land. The joy is indicated by abundance. <laughs> There's a growth in the population. Mm -hmm. Which means that when Jesus, when Jehovah shines a light and stuff God getting right, there's growth in the population. And then there's also a major harvest and then you enjoy the spoils of war. When fear used to be the, the dominant mood 
as far as the southern kingdom is concerned, it has now been circumvented by joy because light has come in a dark place. However, this joy is not produced by the material, physical, natural aspects of our reality. This joy is produced because someone has hooked up with the one that is joy. So the joy that you have is predicated upon the fact that you realize, ooh, I'm about to kick off my shoes and run up and down this church. The joy that you have is predicated upon the fact that you realize God is real. John, I feel like shouting. See, I contend that God is the most fascinating being alive. And when you get to know God on a deep, intimate level, it will let you experience some stuff you never thought you could experience. And when you get to know Jehovah on a deep level, you'll appreciate how Jehovah fills our lives with provisions known as grace and mercy, and how Jehovah is able to transform one pleasant circumstance after another into situations of joy and peace. And when you experience the grace of God, when you know that God has shown mercy towards you, it ought to produce some joy in your soul. I didn't say you would be happy because happiness is dependent upon what's happening. And that's why happiness is so finicky. That's why if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you could be in a foul, funky mood because you ain't happy. But when you have joy, you will be able to put a smile on your face with tears running down your face. When you have joy, you'll be able to stand in the midst of the storm when everything around you is going crazy. When you have joy, you'll be able to stand up against the wiles of the enemy and say, though you slay me, yet I'll trust you. When you have joy, you will see that God can turn a pitiful, pathetic, horrible, deadly situation around. And when you see God do that, you can't help but share it with somebody else. It's the presence of Jehovah in our midst that tells us that we never go through our trials and our troubles and our pains and our predicaments and our problems and our enemies by ourselves. No, Nehemiah 8.10 says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when the joy of the Lord is your strength, you will be able to stand at the graveside of a loved one. You'll be able to sit in a hospital situation. You'll be able to bow down as far as as your relationships are concerned, you'll humble yourself in such a way that you realize it ain't you, it is God. As a matter of fact, can I bless about seven of you all, I'll make eight, that when you really have joy, it becomes an act of resistance against systemic oppression and crazy bullies and the evil we face every day. Huh? What did you just say, Pastor Scott? That's what I'm saying, that when you really have joy, your enemies and even the devil can't understand why you're smiling when you should be frowning. When you really have joy, the devil can't understand why you're giving money and you ain't got a dime to your name. When you really have joy, your enemies can't understand why you treat me with kindness because if it was me, I'd put a cap in you. When you really have joy, you come to understand that the Lord said vengeance is mine. I will repay, but I'm getting ready to bless about 70 of y'all. But the vengeance that God does ain't like the vengeance we do because the vengeance we do, we want some payback. But when God 
God does vengeance. God turns a person's life around in such a way that they come back and bless you. Am I talking to anybody? They ain't afraid to admit you've been to hell and back, but you're still able to lift up your hands and shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. I know you've been through some hard times. I know you've been through some headaches. I know you've had some trouble in your life. I know you've lost some loved ones, but do you still have joy? Don't play with me right now. I said, do you still have joy? Don't, I, I know you got your mask on, but do you still have joy? Uh, I, 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 know we can't, I know we can't touch our neighbor. And I know we just say, turn to your neighbor. I need y'all to help me preach this thing. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and repeat after me? Uh, I've had some good days. Uh, and I've had some bad days, but I still got joy. Is that somebody's testimony? Oh, let's go ahead and have church. Anybody had some ups and downs, but you still got joy? Somebody been leveled to the ground, but you still got joy? You've had some weary days and some sleepless nights, but you still got joy? You've had some setbacks, but you still got joy? You've had some drawbacks, but you still got joy? You haven't always been happy, had tears running down your face, but you still got joy? No matter what, no matter what, no matter what comes your way, you can do like the songwriter said, I still have joy. Anybody in the church right now, I don't need no folks playing with me. Anybody in the church right now ain't afraid to admit, I haven't always been happy, but I still got my joy. And I'm going to give this to y'all for free. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away and since the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away the world can't dictate your praise but since we're in the sanctuary and since we're in the Lord's house you are not have any problem you are not have any issues you are not have any restraint giving God praise because you still woo, help me Still, I still, I still, yeah, I still uh, have joy. Yeah, uh huh. Joy, yeah. Joy unspeakable. Let me, let me get out of here. Uh, the Lord brings light. Jehovah Jesus. Brings joy to desperate places. But finally, the divine gives deliverance for desperate folk. Mm -hmm. the, the divine gives, that's in verse 4. The divine gives deliverance for their desperate, desperate folks. It says, you have broke, broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his presence, and the day... Midian. The reason that the people have joy is because the light has come in their darkness. But the reason, the reason that folks can express deliverance is because they've cooked up, hooked up with the one that gives them joy. Because what you got to understand is that God has come to free them from oppression and allow them to walk in the true essence of freedom. However, 
this is what we as disciples of Jesus got to avoid in this day and time. We must avoid the extremities of what the culture try to put upon us. Here it is. First of all, we got to avoid the extremity of just being delivered from our personal sins, but turn a blind eye to oppressive systems and structures. In, in, in other words, you just can't be happy because you got to get out of hell free card. You just can't be happy because you're going to heaven and you got eternal life. But the second one is, we can't be so short-sighted to think that the only sin we got to deal with are the sins of the systems of the culture. Political oppression and racism and sexism and classism and all the other isms. And that Jesus only showed up to give political freedom. Uh, uh, Our deliverance is more than just from sins and more than just from some type of oppressive systems and structures. As a matter of fact, what we must understand is that real salvation means you can't have one without the other. And, 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 And if Jesus saves me from my sins, he's also saving me so I can become a participant with him in bringing down oppressive systems and structures that try to demean the humanity of my brothers and sisters regardless of how they feel about my God. Preach Robert Charles Scott. The real aspect of deliverance means that God brings peace to our situation. That peace is the shalom of God. Shalom means that there's been reconciliation between God and us. Now, the funny thing is, is that God came after us even though we broke God's heart. Mm-hmm. See, folks don't know when to shout. I said God comes after us even though we broke God's heart. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, so, so God, even though God was the one that was hurt, is the one that engages in the movement of reconciliation. Which means that I know I'm getting ready. I know I'm getting ready. I know I'm getting ready to upset somebody's apricot because y'all kill me talking about I'm going to get rid of my haters and I'm going to cancel some folks. You ought to be glad that when you messed up, when you fell short, when you didn't do everything the Lord told you to do, you better be Jesus joyful and hallelujah happy that God didn't cancel you. Because you do realize that every time you and I sin, God has the right to take us out at the point of our sin. And this is why y'all ain't got to, I will. Every time I enter the sanctuary, I have to give God a thank you, Jesus, because he did not have to let me live. And that's why I'm glad to be in the service one more time. God does this through the Messiah through Jesus 
in Jesus. He lifts the yoke of sin in order to lift the yoke of oppression. In other words, if we focus on our personal sin, we engage like the culture, just on hyper-individualism, uh, uh, individual relationship with God. But if your relationship with God does not help you with your brother and your sister, if your relationship with God does not change how you treat your enemy, you might not have a relationship with God. But then if you only focus on systemic structures of oppression, we create a people who would do whatever they want to because they are free because they don't have the systemic oppression, but they're ignorant of the God that actually freed them. This is why God broke the yoke of the northern kingdom of Israel back when Judah was struggling. This is why God put the Babylonians ultimately in check. This is why God brought down the Roman Empire. This is why God allowed for nations to rise and to fall. And I would dare say I might get into trouble for even saying this, but I believe that the United States of America one day is going to have a reckoning with God. And after all these countries have come and gone, God was still God and God will still be God and when you and I are dead and gone God is still going to be on the throne but here's what I want somebody to shout about right now God is the one that breaks the yokes in your life but what I like about God is that God ain't going to take something away without putting something in his place he takes away the yoke of oppression but he gives you another yoke for his word says come unto me all ye that are laden with a heavy burden and I will give you rest. Take my what? Yoke upon me and what? Learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when you learn of God, you get a good yoke because then your yoke and y'all do know what a yoke is? Oh, y'all don't know what a yoke is. A yoke is something that is put around the neck of an animal or beast and basically that animal has that yoke around them that guides that animal to do the work and the labor. And sometimes it's just one yoke. Sometimes it's two yokes where there's somebody side by side. I'm here to bless somebody quick, fast, in a hurry. I'm here to let you know that in this walk with God we get yoked, check this out, not to somebody else, but we get yoked to Jesus who walks with us and who talks with us and who tells us that we are his own. Y'all, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad I have on the yoke of Jesus because in that yoke is kindness and in that yoke is meekness and in that yoke is peace and in that yoke is power because here's the real shout for y'all and y'all can't even shout about it but I'm going to shout about it because I know it's coming down the pipe which means that if I'm yoked up to Jesus that when I get tired he's still able to take me on that when I get weaker his strength is perfected am I talking to anybody in the house that's glad to be yoked to the yoke of Christ can I tell y'all what that yoke looks like that yoke is an old rugged cross but Jesus says that if you want to follow me you better take up your cross daily if you're going to follow me. But not only is there a yoke, y'all, but there's also a staff. And that staff is the king's staff. But the staff of the Assyrian king is now replaced by the staff of a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He what makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. And not only is the king's staff replaced by the shepherd's staff, but check this out. The rod which is known as the king's 
scepter is replaced by the scepter of God and that God is the God of the universe. You can celebrate your own kings if you want to. You can bow down to your own kings and queens if you want to. But I ain't bowing down to nobody except for the God of the universe. I have no allegiance that is no higher than the God of the universe. Why? Because this is the God that made me and shaped me in God's image and God's likeness. This is the God that picked me up out of the miry clay. And when I think about the God that comes after me, when I think about the God that frees me, when I think about the God that delivers me, y'all, I can't help but to give God praise. Am I talking to anybody in here that's glad we got a deliverer by the name of Jesus Christ? That when you've been crushed by crassness, shattered by stress, ostracized by obscurity, cut by craziness, stained by your sins, violated by violence, infected with your issues, distressed by some demons, weakened by your worries, frustrated by your fears, subdued by stupidity, and injured by idiots. We got a God who will show up in our midst and he will say, listen, I got you and I'm going to take you by the hand. Is there anybody that know we serve a delivering God that is able to bring you out of some dark situations, relieve you from some trouble, heal you in your body, make you well when you feel sick? Am I talking to anybody that know that God is a deliverer? And yes, he can. God can deliver you from drugs. God can deliver you from alcohol. God can deliver you from depression. God can deliver you from your fear. God can deliver you from your enemies. But most of all, hallelujah, God can deliver you from yourself. Y'all got to excuse me. My Mississippi trying to slip out. Y'all don't mind if I preach just a little while longer. Closing the Bible helps me to know that I'm finished because here's where I want to close on this text right now because the Bible says that God did it just like he did in the days of Midian. Now the reason why some of y'all can't shout about the days of Midian is because y'all don't understand what the days of Midian are all about. But the days of Midian was when Gideon was called to stand in the gap of a struggling nation when the Midianites were coming up against them because after the judges had come to the scene, the children of Israel did what they thought was right in their own sight. And because they turned their backs on God, God said, I'm done with you for a while. Then I'm going to leave you to your own choices. And based upon what you do, you got to suffer the consequences. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. But the Midianites robbed the people of their harvest. And the Midianites ravaged the land of its wealth. But yet God sends Gideon to lead an army against them. But can I tell you what God did with Gideon? When Gideon pulled the army together, he had 32,000 men that were going to go and fight the Midianites. And God said, no, that's too many. God put them to a test. And in the first test, God dismissed at least 20,000 of them. God gave another test. Say, you still got too many. And when he put them to the next test, God said, no, that's too many. And dismissed them down to 300. I'm going somewhere with this. Here's the shout for you and me that we can have right now. I've discovered that having God on my side puts me in the majority. And so with 300 folks, God tells Gideon, I want you to give those 300 folks, give them a pitcher and a pan. And when they go into the enemy's camp, 
give them a trumpet to blow uh, and give them pitches to crash. Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, uh, but there ought to be somebody here uh, that ought to understand that God don't need much to defeat the enemies in your life. Uh, good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. They went down to the enemy's camp uh, and all he had was a pitcher in one hand and a trumpet in the other. And when they showed up in the enemy's camp, uh, the Gideon told the folks, uh, I want you to break the picture uh, and I want you to blow your trumpet. Uh, and the Bible says uh, that they defeated the Midianites uh, because they turned on themselves. Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, uh, but you got a trumpet in your voice uh, known as your praise. Uh, you got a picture in your hands uh, known as your clapping. Uh, and I double dog dare you right now uh, to clap your hands and open your mouth. Clap your hands. That's your picture. Open your mouth. That's your trumpet. And watch God fight some battles for you. Is there anybody here that know there's power in your praise, but there's also power in your work? Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. Gideon was all right, but there's somebody better. Abraham was all right, but there's somebody better. Moses was all right, but there's somebody better. Samson was all right, but there's somebody better. Deborah was all right, but there's somebody better. Esther was all right, but there's somebody better. David was all right, but there's somebody better. Isaiah was all right, but there's somebody better. Joshua was all right, but there's somebody better. Jeremiah was all right, but there's somebody better. Ezekiel was all right, but there's somebody better. Daniel was all right, but there's somebody better. We see somebody coming down in verse 6 when Isaiah said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God Everlasting Father Prince of Peace and the increase of the government and peace there's no end for on the throne of David and ever his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forevermore the zeal of the Lord shall perform the same all Isaiah is saying that when the Lord show up war will cease when the Lord show up the devil has to flee when the Lord show up sickness will end when the Lord shows up your enemies are subdued when the Lord shows up demons have to tremble when the Lord shows up prosperity comes forth when the Lord shows up ways are made out of no ways do I have anybody that know who the Lord is. Do I have anybody that know who this king is? Come here, David. David says, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up. 
ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in do y'all know who he is do you know who he is do you know who he is his name is Jesus yes sir it is and at the name of Jesus every knee must bow every tongue must confess is there anybody in the house right now know there's power in the name of Jesus know there's healing in the name of Jesus know there's deliverance in the name of Jesus know there's liberation in the name of Jesus no demons flee at the name of Jesus if you believe that if you know that if you ain't afraid to show it open up your mouth make hell tremble make heaven happy call his name 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 through your mask call his name through your mask call his name yes 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. I maintain. I maintain that there is no other name by which men, women, boys, and girls can be saved, can be delivered, can be healed, can be set free, except by name if you want positive change in your life I dare you to hook up with Jesus because what what Jesus does is Jesus gives you the the tools and the resource and the person known as the Holy Spirit to empower you watch this to overcome your personal and systematic sins that you face. Deacons come. Deacons come. And watch this. I, I have lived long enough 
I've lived long enough to know that those that may not get healed, he'll show keep you. The positive change that Jesus makes as far as our lives are concerned is predicated upon the mere fact, here it is, that you never go through whatever you're going through by yourself. As we gather in this space, I want to give an invitation for any man, woman, boy, or girl that's here to make a positive change right now. And the first way you can make that positive change is by having God in your life and the person of Jesus Christ who sends the Spirit to be your guide, your, your comforter, your helper. That's, that's the, the trinity that throne God. Father, Son, Spirit. Prayer, prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. All of us will do it together. And if this prayer means anything to you in this moment, in this place, in this space, I want you to make a decision for either a relationship with God through Christ or to get connected to the church, the local church, so we can do life together. Is that all right? Repeat after me, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, I want a positive change. In order to have that, I need you. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he died on a Friday afternoon. And I believe on a Sunday morning, you raised him from the dead. Now send your Holy Spirit into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. And at this moment, I confess you to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Keep those heads bowed just for a moment. Two things I want to express to you, as well as those that are online. Here are the two things. If you're in the house right now, you prayed this prayer, you meant this prayer in your head and your heart, your mind and your spirit, you meant this prayer, you want a relationship with God. You want to change life. You want that positive change. Hear me, hear well. I'm not asking you to come down for prayer for you personally. I ask you to come down to affirm a decision. If you prayed that prayer and you know you need God in your life and you want that, I want to help you to understand what are the next steps. If that's you, just do God the wonderful pleasure of holding up your hand right now. That You prayed that prayer. Hold up your hand. 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 If you have your hand up, if you have your hand up, I want you, that was your first act. If you got your hand up, I want you to come down. I want to give you some information on what it means to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you got your hand up, come on down right now. Please come on down. Please move. Please move. If you got your hand up, please move right now. God bless you. I see you, my sister. 
Don't be afraid. Ain't nothing to be afraid of. Ain't nobody going to jump on you. Ain't nobody going to bite you. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Bring your things as well. Bring your things as well. Will there be another? Will there be another? God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Will there be another? Nothing to be afraid of. Nobody's going to look at you crazy. We're going to smile and be happy. God bless you, my sister. Will there be another? 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 If you, if you have your hand up, we're not going to make you. We just want to encourage you. Go ahead and take that first step. Because if you make that first step, God will do something extraordinary in your life. If you're watching us online, if you're watching us online, either on Facebook or on our uh, church website, if you're watching us online, type in salvation in the chat. One of our digital ministers is going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or on uh, listen to us on telephone, email us at connect at spbc.in. Uh, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. By 5 o'clock tomorrow evening, somebody's going to reach out to you to let you know what the next steps are. If you're in the house again, and you're saying, listen, pastor, I know Jesus Christ and the pardon of my sin. I've been baptized. I've come up in the church, grew up in the church, you know, uh, but I've gotten away or I have not been going to church consistently or I, I don't have a church home. Well, I'd love to be your pastor here at St. Paul. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we would love to do life with you. If that's you, you don't have a church home. You haven't been going to the same church for quite some time. Or you want to reconnect back to St. Paul. If that's you, I want you to do God the favor. Hold up your hand right now. Hold up your hand. If you're looking for a church home, hold up your hand. You're looking for a church home, hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. You're looking for a church home, a place to belong. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. If you're watching us online on Facebook, on our church website, would you type in, if you're looking for a church home, type in connect. Our digital minister is going to reach out to you. Or if you listen to us on YouTube or on telephone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at the church, 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Somebody's going to reach out to you by 5 o'clock tomorrow to let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Can you help me to celebrate these two that have come? You all, come on, let's give God praise for them. I would, I would normally love to give you a handshake and a hug, but um, COVID is still out there, so I'm going to do a fist bump. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. All right, we'll, all right, we'll make a connection. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want you to follow Deacon Marilyn White. They're going to take you to the gym, get more information from you, let you know what the next steps are. St. Paul, can we celebrate? Can we celebrate and give God praise for them? We can do a whole lot better than that. Hallelujah. Let us stand. We're getting ready to leave this place. Next week, hear me, hear me well. Next week, we're going to have, we want to dedicate, have a litany for our children and youth. So parents or guardians, if you could have your child or children here by 10 o'clock, because we do that in the early part of the service. There's a litany that we want to 
to have them to partake in. The first Sunday, we're going to do a litany for all the disciples of the St. Paul Church. So if you are a disciple here or a member, uh, if you want to use that language, um, we have a special litany for all of those who are part of St. Paul Church. Amen? All right. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we're coming. We thank you for it. these two precious gifts you have sent our way. And as we leave from this place, help us to be the positive change in our community because you've made a positive change in our lives. Dismiss us from this moment, never from your presence. Keep us in your sovereign care until we're able to come together doing sometime this week and work, word, witness, and or worship. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy to only God, our wise and glorious Father, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. We're going to sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. so do I. Have a strong, blessed week in the Lord.